photography, creativity, and life. This is the Wild Eye Podcast. Hey everybody, my name is Jerry, I'm from Wild Eye, and I'm going to go slightly off track on this episode from destinations and camera gear and Lightroom ideas and stuff like that. I want to read an email that I got uh, over the weekend from Frank, and it's with, how do I say this, with life kind of carrying on, you just go, go, go. I think we often forget to think a level deeper. So what I want to do is I want to read this email to you guys, and then I want to just dig a little bit deeper into it, because there's a lot of stuff I think that gets mentioned in here, and I think from a photography point of view, too often we just snap and go, we just run, right? I spoke about it a couple of weeks, maybe a week ago. I think it was episode 400 where it's like, I need to get the shot. I'm still going to take that shot. I'm going to enter the competition. I'm going to win. Now, for me, a competition is a good thing. I'm inherently, I'm wired competitively. Uh, I come from a competitive sporting background and all that. But I've learned to turn it on and off. That said, I think the moment we go too competitive with our own photography, whether it's with yourself, because then there's always going to be a winner, but there's also a loser. I think there's something that goes missing. But also from a photography competition point of view, I think a lot of people put too much weight in it that that becomes the end goal. And the goal is not necessarily just to create something beautiful. So, like I said, I'm going to go off script here. This is going to go all over the place. But Frank, first of all, thank you so much for email. Uh, I'm going to read this to you guys, and then we'll dig a little bit deeper. So Frank says, Mr. Van Velt, I've listened to the last 200 episodes of the Wild Eye podcast. That is as far as back as I can find. Frank, I'll try and remember to send you an email with the rest of them. Uh, I want to thank you. I have a small business that keeps me uh, 50 hours a week. I love my job, but I've always tinkered in photography since I did photos for our high school yearbook 35 years ago. I live in a rural area in the States and have the ability to walk out my backyard and within 100 meters, I'm in an arboreal forest. Thanks to you, I started looking at the wilderness more attentively. Walks in the woods with camera or just walking have so much more to offer now. Insects, insects that would annoy, webs that would hit my face, small pools and puddles that would block my path were once a nuisance are now things full of wonder and beauty as I look carefully and spend time with them instead of trudging through them. Episode 400 inspired me not so much in photography, but in my entire life. If you filter out the photo info and apply the principles of what you said to everyday life, it was the greatest conversation I've ever had. I use the word conversation because after this many hours of listening to you, my internal voice starts to interact with the words you are speaking. I like that. I really took to heart what you said and started applying it to my work, my relationships, and of course, my photography. All have been more fulfilling. In the spirit of striving to be a better photographer, friend, businessman, and husband, I wanted to take the time to drop you a line to say thank you. Please thank your family for allowing you to spend time with us each week. Keep up the great content. New episodes are something I always look forward to. Frank. Frank, I have to say thank you very much. It is stuff like this which is like oxygen to me. Uh, the podcast started way back just as an idea of me, because I can talk a lot, to give me something to talk at. But... I've gotten into it. I've got, so there's this one and there's my own um, Jerry Fonval podcast as well. I need to get back on that. But your email got me thinking. And over time, and I think maybe after COVID, I, I started, well, I did, after COVID, taught my own life coaching practice, which is something that's been a long time coming. And keeping them separate 100%, but looking at how people travel and looking at how they photograph and what photography means to them, I think is a really big deal. I 
think a lot of people can still take a lot more value from their photography than they currently are. Because if you are shooting just for photographs and just for competitions and just for prints, I think you are missing the act of creating. The creating thing is huge to me. It's, um, it's something that I'm doubling down on a little bit now moving forward. Uh, I'm about to go into a long stretch of travel, Uganda, into the Masamara. But, and I know this for a fact, the way that I approach my own photography, my, my own processing, my own teaching, my inspiration with the clients that I work with has changed a lot. It's, and I, wanna, I, I know it can sound cliched, but it's almost more holistic in that it's not just about the images that you get. I love what you say in here, Frank, about uh, small puddles that um, were once a nuisance, find it full of wonder and beauty. And the point is, if you start going so hard for, for competitions and stuff, I think you're missing. I'm not saying don't do it, but do not make that the reason you pick up your camera. I've had people like that on trips in the past, and I've seen people, and I've seen them online. Everything is about award-winning. Everything is about published. You know what? At the end of the day, nobody gives a fuck. Nobody does, right? If you can dig deeper, and Frank, again, your email really hit me, and I, I truly appreciate you taking the time, is... If we can see what we can benefit as individuals from our craft, from, the, from photography, from creativity, then it becomes interesting. So I, I was before I got your email, I was doing a bunch of research here for my journal, which I write on my, my personal blog, um, jerryfunnavolt.com. That's where I write more of the life coaching and stuff. And I've, I've got an article here that I just want to run through with you guys. And in this, so it starts off, creating art relieves stress encourages creative thinking, increases brain plasticity, and imparts other mental health benefits. And anyone can do art. And there's a cool quote here from Pablo Picasso. Art washes from the soul the dust of everyday life. Now, a lot of people, a lot of people, so I know I'm, I'm not creative, I can't do that. I'm not a really good photographer. See, th th there's the problem. If you say I'm not a good photographer, you're already... You're, you're already comparing stuff. You're already judging your work before anybody else does, right? It, it doesn't matter. The point is to start creating, right? So I'm going I'm to just highlight pieces from this article, which I've made note on. Creating art provides a distraction, giving your brain a break from your usual thoughts. The average person has roughly 70,000 thoughts per day, and 90,000 of them are exactly the same day in and day out. When you, are, when you then immerse yourself in a creative endeavor like photography, art, painting, singing, making music, you may find yourself in what's known as the zone or the flow. And I've seen that on Safari where people get buried behind their camera and they go into the zone. Their idea at that time is not to win competitions. Their idea is not, ooh, I'm going to sell this print for $5,000. Their idea is not to get it on the cover of a magazine. Their idea is just to be in the moment and make something beautiful. It's huge. The, the, this meditative-like meditative -like state focuses your mind and temporarily pushes everything aside. And I've seen this, especially with the migration. I've got that on mine because I'm, I'm going up there in a couple of weeks where people would photograph the migration and initially it's overwhelming to the point like they don't know where to photograph. And I've said this many times. I would say to them, put your camera down. Just look at it first. Experience it first and then try and photograph it. Then a couple of days later, after they've seen a few crossings, then they're crushing it. Then it's like they're going to the zone and just looking for those moments. Nothing else matters. Hundreds of years ago, Leonardo da Vinci noted that painting embraces all the 10 functions of the eye. 
That is to say, darkness, light, body and color, shape and location, distance and closeness, motion and rest. Right? So I'm going to change this. Leonardo da Vinci said that way back. So I'm now saying photography embraces all 10 functions of the eye. Darkness, light, body and color, shape and location, distance and closeness, motion and rest. Creating art, photography, and we've said this, it helps you to concentrate on the details and pay more attention to your environment. It makes you more aware of your surroundings, right? And I don't care if you're photographing polar bears up in Svalbard or a waterfall in Iceland or the river crossings in the Masamara or a jaguar in the Pantanal. If you are looking through your camera at the small details, and this is big, if you allow yourself, you'll become more aware of it. So many people who don't really understand photography, they often say that, oh, yeah, but you're not really experiencing it because you're hiding behind the camera. That is also very naive because they don't understand what we are looking for. We are looking at the best ways to tell the story of the place. We are looking for the best way to show the details, to show the mood of the place, right? It's a huge thing. It really, really is. So I'm going to jump back into this article, just read from here. Uh, contrary to popular belief, creative thinking does not mean using just the right side of your brain. What it does do, in fact, is get both hemispheres of your brain communicating with each other. The concept of left brain, right brain dominance never had a strong foundation in science in the first place, and now this theory, ha theory has been totally debunked. It also promotes the stereotype that you can't be both analytical and creative, which is obviously not true. Now, I've had people on safaris over the last, God, 15, 16, 17 years, where they come from a ridiculously analytical background, right? They, they do spreadsheets at work, it's meetings, 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 and this is what they do. But then when they get into the field, suddenly the other side of them, like according to how we used to believe, comes to light. And they create something beautiful. So this whole thing of, oh, no, I'm, I'm more of an analytical thinker, doesn't mean you can't create something beautiful. That's you bullshitting yourself into believing that. Some of the greatest minds of all time, Da Vinci, Einstein, they were both analytical and creative. All right? You use your whole brain. There's the same thing I read. I've been doing quite a bit of research that there's also the common thing that we don't use more than 10% of our brain, which is rubbish. It doesn't work that way. You use all of it all the time. It's just how it kind of gets processed, right? Now, photography as well. I'm yet, I say this often, I, no, no, I'm sure there must have been one or two where you ask a photographer, hey, did you get any good images? Mm, yeah, it's okay. It's not bad. Let me read for you. How art or creativity boosts self-esteem and the sense of accomplishment. We sometimes stick our kids' artwork on the refrigerator door to boost their self-esteem. Displaying your latest work of art can instill the same feeling in you. Creating art increases the feel-good neurotransmitter dopamine. Now, I've been doing a deep dive into dopamine. I'm going to write about it on my newsletter a week or so from now. But dopamine is also called the motivation molecule or the pleasure molecule. The effects of do dopamine boosts drive, focus, and concentration and enables you to plan ahead and resist impulses so that you can achieve your goals. Now, Having someone say to you, that's a really cool image, gives you a bit of a dopamine hit. It's like, fuck, that was cool, right? Now, enter the dark realm of social media, which can just flip this on its head because it takes it in the wrong direction. It takes it in the wrong direction in that it's too much. You go in again and again and again to try and get the same dopamine hit because suddenly Sally453 at NYC is liking your image. Now you're going to go check it again and again and again and again. So... 
careful of that, but it is nice to create something that people like. It really is. So the judgmental part of it as well, where we think people are going to judge our images in a certain way before we even put it out. That's crippling. That's crippling, right? There is no need to feel intimidated about creating art or photographs since it's the actual process of creating or the process of making that provides the benefits, not the quality of your results, not the likes, not the engagement. It's not that. You don't have to produce fine art images that are amazing that gets 472 likes in order to reap the benefit of the creative process. And that's where it links to Frank's email. It can link to more. It'll help you to see more. It'll help you to feel more in real life. It's huge. It really, really is. And I think a lot of people still miss this. It misses this. So the also, I think what's good from a photography point of view is if you're into it, not the photography competition mindset really scares me um, because there are some people who, it, and I've seen this in the past, it has broken them. It has broken them to the point where they just gave up. They don't want to do it anymore because, in inverted commas, they lost. And they couldn't deal with losing, right? Not great. It's not great. But what it does do as a photographer, and we'll talk a bit more about the, the photographic mindset from a competitive point of view down the line. But for now, though, is if you go on a photo safari. So I've been chatting with a lot of guests over the last while. I was in Svalbard, I was in Iceland, going to Uganda end of the week, and all of this is dealing with people. It sounds very romantic, but it's people-driven, right? It's people-driven. And the cool thing is that on these trips, you get to see other people's images. You get to see other people's art. And viewing art, viewing something beautiful, increases empathy, tolerance, and feelings of love. It sounds very schwao, but this is what happens, right? A study of over 10,000 students found that in a one-hour trip to an art museum, they changed the way they thought and felt. It's a thing. It makes you feel something. It makes you feel something, right? The, the idea of creativity is, I think it scares a lot of people. I really think it does. And especially in countries, South Africa has a big thing where the male photographic industry, the wildlife photographers, there's often this thing of, oh, we're real men, and they focus on the technicality thereof, but the creativity is not really spoken about or focused on. For them, which is an easy answer, oh, my creativity is real thirds. Uh, no, that's boring. That is the start of it. It's the, the whole creative process should be interesting, and the more you speak about it, the more you, you talk about it, the more you acknowledge it, the better you become at it. The benefits of creating something, right, is massive. Now, I'm going to just bridge over into the coaching side of it for a second. There's something called art therapy, right, where art is used um, in order to assist with things like high-stress occupations, mental health disorders, learning disability, brain injuries, chronic illnesses, right? Art therapy is also recommended for children and teens who have personal problems or troubles in school. Why? Because for that singular moment when they're busy creating something, their mind is not there. And it allows, you can't have your brain full of bullshit and expect good things to come in. And the creative process allows something to go out, opens up space, maybe something good can come in. It's a long game. Art uses therapy has successfully helped people with anxiety, depression, addictions, PTSD, chronic pain, cancer, high blood pressure, bipolar disorder, dementia, Alzheimer's, and other serious physical and mental health conditions. Now, I've read a lot of research on this, 
And I've personally even used photography, not necessarily wildlife photography, but just photography with some of my clients in that I say to them, okay, cool. So what I want you to do is on the hour, every hour, send me a picture of X, Y, and Z, and we link it to emotions. It makes your surroundings beautiful, wherever you are. So if I'm sitting in the wildlife studio now, I can look around me and I've got to take, ooh, my alarm goes off. I now have to create an image. So what am I going to create? Ooh, where's the light falling over there? Let's try and make something. It takes you out of the moment if you're in a stressful situation. It makes something uh, beautiful around you. And when you start linking that to your emotional state, you learn about yourself. It's a big deal. It's a huge deal. Anyway, let's jump back into the photography side of it. So anyway, let's loop this back. Uh, Frank, again, thank you so much for email. At, um, I really appreciate it. And I would very much like to hear from anybody else out there. How has photography helped you? How has photography helped change the way you see your world? How has photography helped you to deal with things? How has photography helped you to be better? All of those things. Because yes, I am looking forward to pointing my camera at a gorilla in about a week and a half's time, right? But I am not necessarily looking forward to the final images because I can't control that. I can't control what my images are going to look like. The gorilla might just think, you know what, screw you, Jerry, not today, turn his back. But I look forward to the creative process of trying to get those images, and that is the gold. That is what I'm going for. And if I could recommend anything to you, whether you go on the walk for a woods, in, oh, try that again, Jerry, I need coffee. Whether you go for a walk in the woods like Frank does and you're appreciating small things around you, if you're going on a safari and I, I beg you, down on my knees, I beg you, I urge you to don't make the images the final goal. If you experience the place, if you immerse yourself in the place, if you allow yourself to be open to creating something, something, maybe just stop it there. Allow yourself to create something. Do not put expectations on it. Just create something. The images will come. They really will. Anyway, Frank, thanks again. You are a rock star. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you listening. And to all of you out there, if you want to get hold of me, jerry at wildeye.co.za. That's G-E-R-R-Y at wildeye. Two words with a dash in between, .co.za. I look forward to hearing from you. Uh, for now, though, time to get the week started. I'll chat to you in the next episode. Thank you for listening, guys. Thank you for lending me your ears. Truly, your engagement and messages like this is like oxygen to me. It really is. I'll chat to you next time. My name is Jerry. I'm from Wild Eye. Have a good one. Bye for now.